This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, complex reasons for that. He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, good, Adam. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, I, quick story. I went to Disney on Ice over the weekend, took the kids ah. to see Disney on Ice. Disney, I think, has always operated in a pretty high inflationary environment. <laughs> but the prices at Disney on Ice, we're talking $45 for a stuffed toy. Mm. And twenty five dollars for a box of popcorn. Twenty five dollars, Thomas. Oh wow! They were serving uh, shaved ice in little plastic cups for twenty five dollars. It was what? wow. It was out of control, and I saw families just like walking out with like the program, right? The program, you know, the the brochure, the pamphlet mm, that mm. you get. Twenty five dollars. Mm. Wow. 20. Oh <laughs> it's like that was their minimum. That was their floor price on everything was $25. Uh, man, so mm, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to the show if you're joining us for the first time. Maybe a friend sent you and that's what we're asking you at the moment is if you could uh, spread the word about CVE, tell one person that you know. If you did that, that would be amazing. If everyone told one person, that would really help us out. Uh, and also, don't forget FinFest, Thomas, happening October 15th. First release tickets are on sale now for just $47. And, Thomas, mm. I think this is going to be like, you know, the first, the very first big day out when Nirvana played and everyone talked about being there? Mm, this mm-hmm. is going to be it, the same thing for finance. So, you know, you want to be the one who can say, I was there and I saw Thomas stage dive off the top of an inflatable <laughs> GDP chart into a pit of inflation data. That's what you want to be. Uh, so you don't want to miss out. It's going to be epic. First release tickets, as I say, $47. Spots are limited. FinFest is powered by stake. Uh, and before we get stuck into the show, Thomas, I know mm. we're getting through, getting sidetracked a bit here, um, but a bit of housekeeping I wanted to, to get to. I'm pleased to report that Seth Green, who we covered uh, two weeks ago, mm. uh, who mm. had his Bored Ape NFT stolen through a phishing attack, he's now recovered the Bored Ape NFT. Mm. Uh, he did so with some, some pretty slick negotiating and $300,000 <laughs> that he paid to someone called Mr. Cheese. Uh, so, so Seth's got his NFT back. He can now make his oh, show Whitehorse Tavern. Uh, I don't know what the lesson is here. I have no idea how to interpret this. Um, maybe it's <laughs> cybercrime 
really does pay. I don't know. Um, I did. It did occur to me that maybe this was just like a genius marketing stunt. Mm. Like this has got all the hallmarks because it went viral and everyone was talking about it. And his show, which probably wouldn't have got big, I don't know, maybe people uh, might have had trouble finding it. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. good news I think, for I Seth. think we would have covered it on Comedian vs. Economist regardless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it had all, it's all, the, all the pop culture stuff <laughs> we normally get into on this show. Uh, all right, speaking of shows, we do have a big show coming up, so let's get into it. Transurban is finally stepping out from Big Brother Keith's shadow and looks set to become a household name <laughs> <laughs> as well, raking in millions of taxpayer dollars. Find out what's going on there. Uh, Great Britain set to trial the four-day working week. Um, this was following a successful trial last year during the Ashes Tour of Australia where players didn't work for any more than four days at a time. And Thomas, a bit later, the Thailand government has taken a different approach to the war on drugs. They've gone the other way and are offering free drugs to everyone. So we'll see what's going on there. But first, the RBA has upcycled rates again last week by 50 Mm. basis points. Thomas, what have they made this time? Yeah, no, they, 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 we, we got a double rate hike last last week. They blindsided economists. That's where the, the headline the <laughs> AFR was going That's with. That's the headline from the economists yeah. who don't like to be wrong on these things wow. and, are, and are consistently wrong in my yeah. experience. <laughs> blindsided. <laughs> We're just the victims here casually driving <laughs> along in our little red car and bam. Whoa, <laughs> rates came out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we got we got fifty bips. Um, takes us up to 0.85 now. Still a very low number worth remembering, but mm. yeah, on the way up. The largest increase in twenty two years. Haven't seen fifty bips since. Yeah, since that's called cool economist slang for basis points, is it? Bips. Bips. Yeah, bips. yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we got the lingo. Um, Yeah, so the rates rates are rising. You know, you take the last two hikes now in May and June on Mm. median mortgage of seven hundred fifty thousand. You're adding like three hundred dollars a month to mortgage repayments, Mm. Um, and we're probably going up further from here. So you're starting to starting to eat into people's budgets and have a bit of of an effect. Rates are historically very low, but. Mm. But it doesn't really matter. Like it's all about your starting point. If you got into the market and then mm. rates are rising, then you only know one sort of, you know, yeah, one way. Um, yeah. So even though they're still low rates, comparatively, they're going up, and that's going to hurt people's hip pockets, as they say. Mm, mm. Yeah. So we got yeah. So we got a big number of that fifty bips. Um, Better shares chief economist David Bassanis says it's a uh, was RBA's attempt to inflict shock and awe. On the economy. <laughs> In uh, case cool lingo wasn't enough for you, <laughs> we've got shock and awe from the economic community. This yeah. is it. Shock and awe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's eliminating any lingering complacency with regard to the inflation outlook. So right. there's, a, there's a sort of an interesting almost mind game here is that the RBA is trying to manage expectations because there's, there's a free kick that they can get if they can convince everyone that rates are going up faster and higher than, than previously thought. Because if everyone expects rates to go up and go up quickly, they mm. start adjusting their spending patterns in the here and now. So mm. they start cutting back on spending, they start cutting back on investment, and they, so the economy slows on the, just on the basis of expectations. 
which then means that they don't actually have to deliver on the rate hikes because everyone's already slowed down there. Everyone's already adjusted to the, the potential of rate hikes. Right. Does that make sense? So that's what right. I think he's saying with the talking about the shock and awe. It's just like, bam, here's 50, here's 50 basis points. Everyone's like, whoa, I need to like readjust my thinking around mm. rate hikes. I need to like trim back some spending. I need to maybe this isn't a great time to invest. That has, has that impact more so than if they'd just done 25, 25, 25. Mm. The way it got written up in the media was like, oh, wow, the RBA's gone uber hawkish. They're now going to raise rates much higher than we thought, much more quickly than we thought. But it mm. may not be the case. It may just be that the, the RBA wants us to think that and we're going to mm. get two oversized rate hikes now and then they'll step back and take it easy. It's a, it's a classic parenting tactic. They're like, don't make me ask you again. Better <laughs> 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 not make the RBA ask us again. Yeah. <laughs> they got pretty angry last time with their double rate hike. We better all behave and do what they want us to do. Otherwise, who knows? Mm. Yeah, okay. So The other interesting story in this is that Phil Lowe is saying that he expects inflation to come in higher than uh, previously forecast. I was looking for inflation to peak around 6%. We're already at 5.1%, mm. so it's not much of a jump from there. Then you've had an explosion in energy prices. Everyone knows about you know food prices, lettuce prices are through the roof. That's a mm. big story. So, yeah, inflation is clearly going higher um, and so we're fighting that with, with rate hikes. Mm. Sort of the interesting thing with this is that when you've got cost push inflation, so remember there's, there's two types of inflation. Mm. There's demand, what, they call de- what we call demand pull. So like when there's too much money t- chasing too few goods, when like demand's really strong and everyone's got money and they're, they're, they're bidding up the price of everything because there's not enough things and so they're, they're willing to pay more for the things, um, the, that, the price goes up and you get what's called demand pull inflation. And so when an economy's running hot and everything's going great guns and unemployment's really low and everyone's got lots of money, then you get demand pull inflation. And we, do have, we have had some of that demand pull inflation. Mm. The other type is cost push inflation, which is when the cost of your inputs going into your things goes up and then firms have to adjust their prices to maintain their margins. Right. And that's, so that's cost push inflation. And we've got that too with, because energy prices are through the roof. So, so we've got both at the moment, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect got, storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can use that if you like at your economics parties. Yeah. After shock and awe and bips. Oh, yeah. it's the perfect storm. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. It is. Like everyone's just a sec- accepting that the RBA is going to raise rates because inflation's rising. But when you've got an energy price shock, like what mm. we've got now, raising rates doesn't help that. You know, energy prices are set on the global energy market by and large, and mm. raising rates doesn't, doesn't help you with that story. So if all your inflation's related to cost push inflation, related to like an energy price shock, raising rates doesn't really help that unless your strategy is to smash the, the remainder of the, the economy so hard that it balances out the rise in energy prices which is when you get a re- then you get kind of stagflation and that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I was going to say that that did have a very brutal feel to it. The whole, you know, mm. this is the way you smash there. <laughs> yeah, it was it's amazing. I was just trying to shock was, and awe you. With I the- was, I was gripped. <laughs> is that the plan though? Is that what they're going to do, or, or are they going to? I mean, because energy prices are going through the roof, and in fact, I heard just today um, 
that they're talking about um, load shedding in Queensland and New South Wales, like we can't keep up with demand for energy. I think the point here is that the RBA only has one tool and that that interest rate tool. Philip Lowe. Philip Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not full low. So no, we've got they've got one tool, which is interest rates, and they and they go yeah. up and down, and they, and that's a really good tool when you've got when demand's the problem because it it helps jack up demand or it helps squash demand if that's what you want to do. But mm. when you've got pressure, price pressure coming from the supply side, interest rates aren't actually that useful, and that's the potentially the scenario that that we're looking at where. If this energy shock keeps building and keeps going on, mm. the RBA is still forced to rise to sort of try and crunch demand so much that it offsets the the supply shock. But that's that's kind of an ugly scenario. So that's the risk. Right. So are we still on track for more rate hikes by the end of the year? I mean, like multiple hikes, or is this is it a sort of wait and see type affair? Oh no, you? I think I mean markets now like there's pricing in an eighty percent chance of another fifty bips at the at the next meeting, and then ending the year somewhere around the twos. That's sort mm. of what what seemed to be yeah. So more on the way, but I'm not sure. I think we'll get another big hike at, at the next meeting, and then after that, I don't know. We'll mm. I think I think it's an open question. Right. Bonanza. It's just another word I threw in. <laughs> if you want to use it, it's not, it's not appropriate in that context, but go for it. <laughs> All right, Thomas, the New South Wales government is going to be giving trans-urban stacks of cash. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, so the New South Wales government announced last week that they're going to implement a toll rebate scheme. Mm. It's going to be in the budget. It's going to go out to Sounds half good. Yeah, kind of. It's well, it's half, half a million drivers going to get up to seven hundred and fifty dollars a year to spend on tolls. Right. Yeah, they get a forty percent rebate once they spend more than three hundred and seventy-five in a single year. Maximum benefit of seven hundred and fifty dollars. What does the average toll toll cost you? We don't have toll roads mm. in Adelaide, little old sleepy Adelaide. Yeah. What does a toll uh, cost you each time you go through it? Couldn't tell you. Five to ten bucks is pretty, pretty. I mean, we don't, well, obviously don't have them here in Mullumbimby. We don't even have traffic lights. So. <laughs> we don't even have roads. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. Well, shoot us an email, cveadequatemates.com. Uh, what's your average toll? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the other point. Like Sid- Sydney has 60% of the nation's toll roads. Right. Like they've got 20, Sydney's got 20% of the Australian population, 60% of the toll roads. This reminds me of the time I got I got uh, ridiculed in a taxi by a taxi driver in Melbourne, who who was like laughing at me because we only had one tram in Adelaide. He loved <laughs> you guys got one tram. Uh, we've got three now, by the way, Mister Taxi oh, Driver. Yeah, so yeah. take that. So yeah, so I mean, the thing about this policy is it sounds good. The government's mm. giving people money to help with the cost of living. It's a cost of living package. Yeah, but it's just a voucher to spend at one particular place with one particular business. So effectively, the New South Wales government is giving Transurban a whole mm. bunch of cash via the public. And so, right. you, and so, you, you, like, effectively, what happened is the New South Wales government is raising money from taxpayers mm. and then giving it to Transurban mm. via road users. Brilliant. Mm. The ro- and, and am I mistaken in thinking these are the roads the government used to own? They used to own, that's <laughs> right, and then they sold them to Transurban. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's going to create a better outcome for consumers, apparently. <laughs> well, it did. Look, yeah. it's already pushing the price of toll down through <laughs> rebates. Rebates, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, Rod, Rod Sibbs, who's the former, who was the head of the ACCC last year, came out and said it's kind of saying that like New South Wales government has gone out and created a monopoly because mm. not only have they sold off the roads, which were public assets that they then put in private hands and then those private hands put toll road, tolls on them, mm. but not only that, they sold all of them to Transurban. So they, w- they didn't even create competition in the market. They just sold them all to Transurban <laughs> and just created a monopoly. And then the monopoly is mm. like, well, like all monopolies do, it's like, well, we'll just charge whatever we want. Mm. And if it gets to now, and now you've created this moral hazard scenario where Transurban goes, so what happens if we charge people too much and it's, it's just unfair and people complain about it? Ah, oh, the government's going to give the people money to give <laughs> <Brilliant>. to us. <laughs> Can't lose. So uh. gr- yeah. Right, great outcome for Transurban. How does this happen? How does this? How do we get here? Because this seems like I'm not an economist, I'm not a town mm. planner, but this seems like this would have been a fairly easy thing to identify as coming down yeah. the road. Pardon the pun, but yeah, no, a lot of people did, and it happened anyway. <laughs> Good. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, where's it's, that? Where's that federal ICAC proposal? By yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, tra- I think Transurban's just playing the game. I don't think there's any corruption here, but it's nah. just, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah. Let us but make it clear on this show right now, Thomas. We are not <laughs> suggesting for a minute there's been any any kind of backroom deals or anything that's led to this cluster of a situation. Not yeah. for a second. But yeah, it's, it's sort of gone out of fashion. It was a bit of a thing, privatization, like the idea of create monop- uh, create better outcome for consumers. But with public assets, it almost mm. exclusively hasn't. Like kind of the different, like Productivity Commission and different agencies now are reviewing it and kind of going like, yeah, that was a bit of a fad in the early 2000s and just didn't deliver. Because you're not talking about a competitive market. When you're talking about a particular road, there aren't really that many alternatives to that road unless you're willing to drive well out of your, out mm. of the thing. So you sort of like, it's, it's a natural monopoly. And I think there is an argument that if you've got a natural monopoly, then the government should, should, should own it. At the very least, if they own it, they shouldn't sell it off and pass that monopoly on to someone else because you get this a ridiculous situation like this. Mm. So it's, it's really, it's really terrible policy. And I mean, and the interesting parallel right now is we're talking about this with the energy market. So energy prices are through the roof. And so they're talking about giving consumers cost of living relief with grants and um, one-off payments and, and mm. different things. But that money just goes t- straight into the pockets of the companies who are charging super high prices. But in the, in the energy market, at least, there's a regulator, isn't there? So... Well, so, to an extent, yeah. But like, I, right. I haven't seen a lot of teeth out of that regulator yet. Mm. No, and then it's not in the wholesale market as well. So it's like they regulate, like it can it holds the retail. Like it seems to be to me, so they hold the retailers in in check, but they're not mm. holding the wholesalers in check. So the right. retailers are going out of business. That's why they're going broke. Is because their wholesale costs are exploding, but they're they're, right. they're they can't pass it on because they're they're, they're regulated. So that's a sort of terrible outcome. In my mind, like with the energy crisis, the idea of just giving people lots of money is the worst possible use of government money because mm. you're raising money from taxpayers and giving it directly to private corporations, charging war profiteering prices. Mm. So not as, yeah, not a great could, outcome. Could we, could we as a community maybe get together and build some new roads? 
<laughs> around the existing toll. Really we could thing. maybe build a bridge over no, some of the No, no, there's, there's, there's <laughs> exclusivity clauses. So when, <laughs> what? Yeah, like when, when, when Transurban buys these roads off the government, they, there's a clause that says you're not allowed to be, build any roads that might compete with this road. What? <laughs> yeah, terri- like, yeah, no, it's pretty dodge. Uh, yep. As mm. I said before, nothing to see here. Move mm. along yeah. if you can afford it. <laughs> All right, let's pause. We'll go have a quick word from this week's sponsor and we'll be back with more Comedian versus Economist where we're going to be talking about the four-day work week in Great Britain as well as the Thailand government is going to give away some drugs. <laughs> back with more right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. You can send us an email if you like, cve at equitymates.com or check us out on social media on Facebook and Instagram at CVE Podcast. Thomas, the four-day work week's been talked about for a while. Great Britain are now on board. What's going on? Yeah, well, not quite on board, but they're, they're running yeah. a trial. So there's a not-for-profit group called Four Day Week Global and Four Day Week UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they've organised a trial, an experiment, um, where they've sort of tapped a whole bunch of businesses uh, covering 3,300 workers, banks, marketing, healthcare, financial services, retail, even got a fish and chip shop involved. <laughs> <laughs> a fish and chip shop. Mm. How, what fish don't take time off, Thomas? Neither, neither should we. How can you have a? You can't have a fish and chip shop open four days a week, surely? Well, no, no, no. Their staff are the staff are doing four day work weeks. I think you just adjust oh, the rosters. On a, on a They're, it's a restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant. They're probably open seven days. Right. I guess. Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so 3,300 workers, it's the largest trial of its kind anywhere in mm. the world. Yeah, running for six months. So yeah, everyone, people just work four days instead of five for the same amount of pay. Um, and they're, yeah, they're tracking it, seeing how, seeing how it goes. Who's paying? Like are the, are the businesses on board to pay or is this a government, is this a transurban uh. style rebate system? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it didn't. It, the article didn't say it. I'm, I'm wondering because if, if I was an employer, mm. I'm there paying my staff five days a week, getting you know, f- paying them for five days, getting five days mm. a week, and the government come and go, hey, we want to run a trial where all of your staff are going to work one day a week less, but you get to keep paying them the same. I'd be like, um, yeah, I know, I know, Gary's fish and chip shops on board, but I'm going to sit <laughs> this one out. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's some kind of a subsidy to the to the um, employers. One of the things that seems to emerge with four-day workweek trials is mm. the productivity goes up and you get just as much out of your employees as you did previously. Right. The idea is that they're just happier and they're just enjoying life more and... It's because they're getting paid the same for four days a week. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. If I have a day off, typically nothing gets done in that day, like the, of my regular work, obviously, but it just it's there that the next day I go back to the office. Like it's there when I go back in. So I'm not, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like no one, like if, unless there's someone going to cut, like it just piles up and gradually it piles up and up and up and you've got to, you know. Yeah. You've, you've, you've got to do the work at some point. Yeah. Or the, things will get done slower. Yeah. Even worse is when, like, I don't know, you have people are on flexible working arrangements and you're like, oh, I need Gary to sign this release form for this thing or whatever. It's like, oh, Gary doesn't work on Thursday afternoons. You're like, ah, fuck. I've got to wait till tomorrow and then someone else is not there on Friday. Like sometimes something that should take half an hour to get mm. done. I think you need you need really good systems in yeah. place to to make sure that there's redundancy and whatever within the within the work practices. Yeah, yeah. You've got someone on the fryer, someone else on the, <laughs> on, the on the chippery. <laughs> I mean, I, like I work for myself and so like I, I noticed mm. that like I'm incentivized to sp- for each task that I do to be as quick as possible because I'm not on the clock. Mm. So like I have a real incentive for things to get quicker and I get quicker and quicker every year because I'm driven by that incentive. You don't have meetings. Yes. Though. It's funny. You should say that because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they noticed that the first thing that these businesses cut when they go when go to four four day work weeks is they just have less meetings. Someone there was a I forget I think it was a university. Someone made a meeting cost calculator oh, yeah. where you just punched in the the number of participants ah, in a yeah, meeting, right. the the average salary per participant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just gave you the cost of the meeting, and it was like it's just eye-watering. Yeah, right, right. You know, people are like, I'm just going to call a meeting, and I'm going to mark these 15 people as optional, and all <laughs> all of the 15 optionals all showed up, and there's like the 10 people who were invited, <laughs> and before you know it, you got yourself a $25,000 meeting. <laughs> like. So, yeah, yeah, it could be good for business too, I guess, in that mm-hmm. sense. It's like nuclear disarmament in a way. Like you're trying to create some some mechanism that stops people working really long hours because kind of what happens is when everyone works more, you, you get this rat, rat race effect. In order to keep up, you've got to sort of keep everyone's going faster and faster. And if someone goes a little bit faster, that then changes the bar and then everyone else has to catch up. And so you sort of had this mm. with like, you know, like they talk about in the 1920s, like John Maynard Keynes, the most famous economist ever, he, he was talking about... Mm. I've, got a post, I've got a poster room on yeah. the wall here. Yeah. It's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was saying in the 1920s, it's like, I can't, I can't imagine what people are going to do with all their time in a hundred years and in a hundred years we and all the you know and technology has has surprised to the upside it would have like totally obliterated his expectations of what technology could achieve but for all mm. that we're still working longer than our grandparents did the capitalist system that we've got isn't good at generating leisure mm. it's good at sort of charging on and creating growth and you know, lifting people out of poverty, I think it has done it. It's got a good track record of that. 
but generating leisure, which is kind of like where we're at in society now. Like I think like that's what we want. You could launch a leisure party, like a political party that says we're just about <laughs> making sure that everyone has enough leisure and trying to create this disarmament where everyone steps back and it's like, no one's showing up to the office and putting in the 12 hour work days to sort of get ahead and no one's working six day work weeks to get ahead. We're just trying to, trying to disarm that and, and, and walk it back. And so the four day work weeks, the first sort of attempt at that. That's, uh, that's not, not in alignment with businesses trying to win, right? Like, like, businesses are trying to make more money they're trying to they're trying to beat out the competition we talk about having a moat competitive edge and all that sort of stuff and so presumably one of the ways to do that or historically one of the ways to do that is to be better and faster and smarter and and just generally all around like more awesome than the next company and that's how your company gets ahead and in order to do that then you need all the people to to drive it and kind of make it happen. Mm. If you start going, well, well, we're going to give all of our people some extra time off at a company mm. level, you run the risk of falling behind. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's why it needs to be an agreement. It needs to be like a disarmament process. It needs to be everyone in society at the same time stepping down mm. and ratcheting it down. Yeah, because you, cause it's, it's like there's a, in game theory you talk about a prisoner's dilemma. It's something like that where it's like there's an incentive in the system to cheat. Like if we all said, okay, everyone, mm. we're gonna we're gonna move to a four day work week, and one company went, yeah, I mean, I'm, but I'm actually gonna work my staff six days a week. They've got an advantage, mm. and they and they get ahead, and everyone else looks at them and goes, hey, they're getting ahead because they're doing that, and then boom, we ratchet back up again. So you need you need mechanisms that create a collective agreement, and then hold to that agreement. So who's driving this then? Is this the po- is this the government driving it or this is who This is a this is a not for profit 4-day work week global. I love the idea of it. Because we could in my mind everyone drop a day of work a week and yeah. the relativities wouldn't change. We'd all be in exactly the same place. We'd have exactly the same amount of money, we'd have exactly the same amount of staff. Uh, but we would just have an extra day of leisure a week. And we get paid overtime on Fridays yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thomas, finally, um, I can't believe this is true, but the Thailand government is giving out free drugs. Mm. That can't be right. What's going on? It's, it's not far off the mark. Yeah, they're, they're going to distribute one cannabis plant to every household in Thailand. Yeah. What? So they're low THC plants, so for medicinal pers- mm. purposes only. So, <laughs> yeah, so the THC needs to be below 0.2%. So that's actually pretty low, like... I don't think you're going to get very high on on 0.2%. <laughs> like, you know, like in, in, in California, yeah. like where it's legalized now, like most dispensaries are serving something around 20%. So, so it's well mm. below that threshold. So you'd have right. to smoke a lot to get pretty high, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> People, People will try. give it a crack, don't yeah. You, don't you worry. <laughs> if the Australian government started sending... Sending marijuana plants to every one of its citizens, you can guarantee there's some people who are going to see how many it takes to get to get a buzz. Um, right, yeah. interesting move by the yeah. government. I mean, they're, they're facing the same economic pressures as everyone else. I mm. guess this is actually part of their "Grow Weed, Not Wages" campaign. Yeah. Right, they're trying to sort of position Thailand as a sort of health and wellness destination, mm. and sort of like get that sort of wellness tourism. And so, yeah, they've removed cannabis from its list of illegal narcotics. 
Um, it's legal, first Asian, Southeast Asian country to legalize medical cannabis in 2018. Yeah, right. decriminalized it in 2022, January 2022. That said, if you're caught smoking anything with higher than 0.2%, you get 15 years jail. So, <laughs> still, <laughs> right, that's still, still a thing. pretty hard on the other but side. But still, you've got to, mm. you, you're essentially, as a government now, though, you're saying like it's okay for everyone to have like a cannabis plant at their mm. house. Well, we gave it to mm. them so we can't then go and start arresting yeah. people. So then there's for them to go and test, you know, everyone's yeah, plants yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. for the THC levels, That's that would be a huge burden. So it's very much a shift towards like yeah. being more accepting of, uh, uh, of marijuana so. in society. I think so, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think this will help the government's image? Like do you think... People see the government giving everyone a free, free plant, just be like, yeah, this, we got a cool <laughs> government. <laughs> government's cool. Maybe it'll just help mm. like in the short term, but then when people go back for their second and third plants and the government's like, look, it's $1,000 <laughs> a plant now. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't got $1,000. Do you want your drugs or not? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't quite get what giving it to households really helps you achieve. Like, they're trying to they're trying to build their medical cannabis industry. Um, like, a lot of nations are doing mm. that. Like, maybe there's mm. value if, if households have it that you get sort of more innovation happening and you get more products happening or just... <laughs> creative <the>, thinking. Creative <laughs> thinking. <laughs> well, maybe it's something for the New South Wales government to consider instead of toll toll road subsidies. Just mm. hand out a free plant. People might not need to travel as much. Mm-hmm. I think the timing of this is terrible, though. Why is that? There's a global food crisis, Thomas. Oh. I think the, the last thing we need is government-sponsored munchies. <laughs> the entire nation looking for their chicken and rice. <laughs> <laughs> there's a chicken shortage too. Yeah. It's like, this is this has got trouble written all over it. Uh, all right, I think we've got ourselves probably in enough trouble uh, this week. So <laughs> if you're a lawyer representing Phil Lowe, Transurban, or or the Thailand government, then please direct all correspondence to cve at equitymates.com. Uh, and don't forget to check out all the other great podcasts from Equity Mates Media. Uh, Equity Mates Get Started Investing, Equity Mates Investing Podcast. You're in good company. Talk money to me. Crypto curious. The Dive and don't forget FinFest happening October 15th. Head to equitymates.com forward slash FinFest for your tickets now. Thanks to you, Thomas. Thank you. We will see you all again next week. Look forward to talking to you then. Bye for now. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.